Thank you for listening to episode 9 of the Leap of Faith podcast, a series of deep dialogues with women coaches, creatives and leaders, who at some point in their life were called to play a different game in what they were bringing into the world. Women who feel called to share their leap of faith and reveal how this decision has impacted their business and their life. This podcast is to inspire you, empower you, become still and ask yourself, am I still on the right path? Or is, this, is there a different way that I don't see yet? Listen and wonder what is possible if you start following your inner voice. My name is Marianne Hermsen. I'm living with my family in the countryside of the Netherlands, and I'm working as a teacher, business mentor, and coach trainer. My mission is to create a ripple of change in the world by raising consciousness. This podcast and the Leap of Faith quest are part of my sole project to contribute to this mission in my own way. And today I'm sitting with Sam Allen. Sam is a creative leadership coach and poet born in the UK. She has been living near to Basel in Switzerland for the past 11 years with her partner, three kitties and two bunnies. And she loves jogging, blogging, writing poetry and creative movement. A former modern language teacher, of 18 years. She has worked in a variety of different secondary schools, both locally and internationally. Her career path took a welcome, welcomed unexpected twist when she discovered the world of coactive coaching and experienced what truly made her feel alive and thriving. She set up her own life coaching business, Coaching Creatively, in April last year and conducts many of her life coaching sessions out in nature, beside the beautiful river Burrs. Her strength lies in intuitively guiding passionate souls towards their full expression and liberation. I'm so happy to have you in the podcast show, Sam. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. I really am. I always love speaking to you, so this is just a bonus to start my morning this way. Yeah, thank you for having you here. And... Um, I was just uh, wondering, how did we meet? Yeah, so we first met, actually, um, I was put in contact with you um, by a, a former colleague of mine, Coactive colleague, and she said how wonderful it had been to work with you and how it had really boosted her business. Um, and she was like really getting going with it. And I thought, I need somebody like this in my life. Um, I just become certified as a coach and I was kind of looking for, you know, my first steps really and my direction. And um, so you, I remember contacting you and you were just really like forthcoming and really positive and welcoming. And then we began working together in that capacity. I think that was how we first kind of connected. Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is we never met in person, but no. it feels like, you know, uh, you live around the corner. It feels exactly the same to me, really. <laughs> but you it live in Switzerland. Up. Yeah. <laughs> instant connection but you know you have this ability Marianne to make people feel very welcome and very safe in your company so I think that you know immediately oh, thank you thank you yeah I, I really love the internet and um, some people are really you know resistant against it they think they cannot make real connections but yeah. with with Skype and Zoom it's so easy to connect and and I think once you know how energy works yeah. it doesn't matter where you are totally I, yeah, I remember my first, you know, uh, coaching uh, years, I had to work on the phone. So I didn't see the person and they are often abroad. 
And there was this bubble created by just listening to this person and coaching them. And I, I thought it was magic and I never heard of energy in that time, but I thought this is so magic to close your eyes, listen to a person and be together in a bubble. Totally. And that takes me also to voice and how much energy is in a voice, you know? Yeah. And I think when all the other senses are closed and you're literally just on the phone hearing each other's voices, you become an expert in picking up on the energy from that voice. And that's yeah. such a powerful place to look. Mm. Yes. So, so to introduce a little bit more, you are originally from the UK that's right, and yeah. you have been living in Switzerland already for a decade. Yeah. 11 years now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what was the reason you moved to Switzerland? Yeah, so I moved to Switzerland because I got a job in an international school in Basel. Mm. And I'd always wanted to move again, live abroad, teach abroad. And there was the golden opportunity. So, yeah, I up sticks, moved. At the time, my partner was, um, I, we just actually got together. So he was still in the UK and he was kind of traveling back and forth to visit me whilst I came to work here. So that's how it all started. Yeah. And did you a speak? Long time ago now. Yeah, did you speak uh, German or Swiss? Um, Swiss German you know, at that time? I, I don't yeah, think so. so. I, I did German as an A level at sixth form mm. college, um, and I lived in Germany for about eight months after I graduated. I was working as a language assistant, um, and I was a little bit on the lazy side during that year. It has to be said, and I had a partner um, who spoke very good English, so you know my German didn't improve so much during that year. So, but it's improved a lot since living out in Switzerland, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm understanding and speaking fairly well. And um, Swiss German, you know, it's a bit hit and miss, but sometimes mm. I understand a lot, sometimes not so much. It's a work in progress. Yeah, but but how do you enjoy living in Switzerland? I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Um, what do you love about it? Huh, I just heard my talking about voice. I heard my own voice kind of slow down there. And mm. I think that's what it's about. Um, I love being in nature. Um, the Swiss have such an appreciation for nature. I'm living in a lovely area where I can just be out in the trees, in the forest, by the river, um, so easily, you know, literally just outside the front door. Um, and there is this kind of tranquility and um a space in which you can savor the little things and mm. i really appreciate that so i feel like there's a whole level of mindfulness since moving out here that i have in my life that i didn't previously have um so because you were living in in, in southampton right which yes. is a big city yeah that's right just on the outskirts but it was still fairly urban yeah but, but if you look at energy for example is yeah. there a different energy in the uk where you lived and in switzerland in the countryside Oh, wow. I mean, totally. Like, <laughs> well, so, yeah, when I was living in Southampton, you know, I just remember a lot of life being about doing and shopping and, <laughs> and, uh, and more shopping. Um, and it felt busy and it felt quite, um, I don't know, like there was an expectation that things should be a certain way. And I don't know, yeah, I felt more a sense of expectation in the energy somehow, something more busy, something more frenetic. Um, and in Switzerland, there is, yeah, there is just more of a still, beautiful, all-embracing, tranquil loveliness that mm. I, I have got so much from. Um, I've experienced a lot more of my solitude since I've lived here. And, beautiful. Uh, what, I, what I appreciate about you, sorry to interrupt you. No, it's fine. Uh, 
you use such beautiful words. It's oh, it's like poetry. <laughs> you yeah. are a poet. So I am, yeah. Each time I, I, I read your poetry, there are even words I don't understand because I'm not a native speaker. But yeah. I the sound of it is already so beautiful. So now you're just explaining Switzerland and it's not a, po a poem yet, but you're using such beautiful words. <laughs> I think it's a poem in the writing, Marianne. I really do. And I just, I love the sound of words. I think words have the power to shape our whole human experience, you know? And um, I think the way we choose them just really says a lot about who we are, where we're coming from, and again, our energy, you know? And yeah. Words can, they can really shape our day. I agree. And I also agree that words are energy. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, I, I think we were just discussing before this, uh, the, the recording got on, that sometimes we, we don't have inspiration and we try to write something yeah. and it's not happening. It's really like we're pushing it. It's not working. And other times we are, we get so inspired. I get often very inspired by talking to other people like you, for example. And then I have so much beautiful things to say. But when I'm all alone trying to write a post and I'm not inspired, it's, it's, really, it's really about energy. So my energy is low. There is no word coming out of my mouth or my pen. Yeah. Interesting that you say that. And also I just picked up on like when you're saying trying to, because I notice also that about myself when I'm sat there trying to write a poem or trying to write a blog or whatever, that's, that kind of brings me this energy of it has to be this way. And I, I kind of limit myself. Um, and what I notice is that when I'm in ultra receptive mode and I'm waiting and receiving and letting come what needs to come, that's when often the inspiration kind of flows yeah and when do you know that you are in ultra receptive mode uh, yeah so um often out in nature i get that feeling um also i, I don't know like i really find when i've been in water something mm. about the warm water physically kind of washing away any negative energy or things that are kind of clouding my space um i often feel really receptive after that and I'm writing a lot like in the summer months down in the outside pool here in Switzerland when I come out of the pool and dry off I'm just I'm really in this ultra receptive place and I sense a kind of um flow all around my body wow um, yeah it's you're myself. cleaning like all the old energy of today by by taking a yeah, bath totally and then, then I feel like the writing just happens sometimes I sit there and I'm writing like three or four poems because I'm not really trying, but I've let things kind of pass through me because my energy field is clearer or something. Yeah. And when did you start writing poetry? You know, I've um, always loved writing. And as a child, I did win second prize in a poetry competition. <laughs> um, and I remember the poem to this day. It was called Mr. Executive. Um, and so I, I enjoyed it. I tried my hand a little bit at it. And then it kind of got put on hold um and maybe i'd write the odd thing almost like a diary type thing it would come to me some words i would write it down and i have to say i didn't do it very regularly or very seriously until quite a big event in my life um which was when i lost my father mm. in 2015 in december um and yeah i mean i remember like i was working full time at that time i had to kind of fly back from um after having lost my dad um, with all this stuff going on, all this grief, and it was really, it felt very extreme, very intense for me. 
Um, and I just remember walking into work in the dark one morning thinking, what the hell do I do with all this stuff that I'm feeling? You know, it's just too much actually. Mm -hmm. And it just came to me, write it down, write it down. And so I did, I would type into my phone, into the notes and I still do that now. Um, and like in the beginning, I'd be typing like, you know, four or five poems on the way into work. And it was like a therapy, I guess. Um, and a really necessary, vital part of my healing process. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. And it just started from there. And, and now it's become such a part of me that I write every single day. Um, I would just feel weird not to. It's like brushing my teeth or something like that. Um, it's just inherent in who I am and what I do. And uh, yeah, so gosh, I mean, I could talk about this for a long time here, but that, that's how it all started. So I better let you ask me another question. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I, I, uh, I was wondering um, when did poetry become part of your work? Because it started because there was a turning point in your life. Eh? Your, your father died. It made you, you know, very, I think, you know, we get very much insight uh, in internal exploration when these things happen when we are mourning and it also opens up the best in you like it's one of your talents I, I can say that because I'm not a poet uh, I find it difficult to write poetry but I love what you're doing so when did you start to include it in your work yeah thanks for that question so that takes me back to actually when I started my coaching training and we had to do this activity um, it was about um, connecting with things that the voice inside that sometimes limits us, you like the inner critic, if you like. Mm -hmm. And we were put into groups and we had two minutes to come up with a creative expression of this inner critic. And so, of course, my mind went straight to poetry because I thought, what can I do in two minutes that could possibly communicate this? And I quickly wrote this poem. And um, my group were like, you've got to say that, you know, you go up on your own and recite it. And I'm like, oh, and uh, yeah, maybe that was actually a, a leap of faith then for me. Um, and um, so I got up and I recited the poem and yeah, you know, it was a supportive audience. It was fellow coaches, but they gave me the standing ovation. Wow. And, yeah. And in that kind of appreciation, I suddenly like something clicked like, Maybe I can serve others through sharing what I write, even if sometimes it's quite hard to share what's deeply vulnerable and personal about yourself. Um, and yeah, to cut a very long story short, I think that was the moment when I started to have confidence in sharing aloud what I do, what I write in service of others. Um, and then I started my blog. Um, after It was after the first kind of module of the coaching training that I did. I thought I might as well get started and I, I created my Peacock Poetry blog, which is on WordPress. Um, and why do you call it Peacock? Uh, yeah, so it's, gosh, the Peacock is such a resonant image for me because, you know, I feel like inside of myself, I have two extremes. There's a very kind of private, insular, um, introspective part where everything kind of brews and is experienced. And then there's this part of me that when I open up my feathers and like let the whole kind of span show, I'm doing this with my arms right now. It's quite, you know, exhibitionist and proud and celebratory. And so um, 
the peacock is a reminder for me, I think, to show those feathers and to yeah. express outwardly what I experience in my inner world so that other people can do the same. And that's probably the most important part for me, the liberation that comes for myself and for others when I do that. Yeah. And um, how much of the peacock are you showing today? Ah. I, I, because you said uh, previously in uh, when we talked, when you turn, you had, there was this turning point and you said 20% was being used of me. Yeah. So where are you now between 20% and 100? Oh, interesting. Yeah. So right, like in my life right now, I would say probably about 80. I still think there's some room for more and that feels healthy. Um, and yeah, like, I mean, I can speak a bit to the, to where I came from to hear if that would help because thank you for reminding me that like, a few years ago, I was definitely at the, the 20%. Um, and so, so, so who were you five years ago? You were still working as a teacher? Yeah, so I was working as a teacher and I liked it well enough and I was kind of plodding along, to be honest. I knew what I was doing, I was competent, I'd been doing it for a long time. And yeah, I just, you can hear the sigh in my voice. I can hear, <laughs> I can hear your voice completely changing. <laughs> I know. And you know, there was an inner sigh, right, going on. Um, and I was just, I think I was sitting in the garden in the summer, pretty exhausted because it was the end of term. And I just had this overriding sense that I wasn't fulfilled, that I wasn't being used to my full capacity. And I didn't feel alive in my working life. There was a sense of frustration. Um, there was a sense of, is this it? Mm -hmm. um, and a kind of inner calling, like wanting to shake me and wake me up because life is such a precious gift. And I knew inside I didn't want to keep plodding along. So that was a real turning point for me. Um, and then came questions, you know, like, yeah, so what do you do about this? You know, mm -hmm. you've done that. What, you couldn't do anything else. What would you do? And, and some self-limiting talk at the time. And like, you know, just... A big question mark as to so what next how like how can i change this you know and then i began flicking through a magazine <laughs> the psychologies magazine i've always been interested in psychology and uh, personal development from an early age and i saw this page and it was about life coaching and it was like you can become a life coach in one weekend <laughs> wow my attention so wow that's quick um anyway um but it kind of triggered something in in me like a curiosity like what does a life coach do i think i might quite enjoy that and so i did my research and um my partner knew a lady who knew a lady that was a coach and i spoke with her and so she recommended me to cti and and um yeah to cut another long story short i decided i want to try this i want to actually mm. see if this is the path for me and um and it opened this whole new world of who I would become. Yeah. Yeah, and, and for the listeners, CTI is the Coaches Training Institute, uh, the, the Leadership Institute, one of the biggest coach schools in the world, where I also did my training. So I'm not very objective, <laughs> I must <laughs> say. <laughs> it's a very good, it's a very good coach training. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say something about this. Um, I don't remember now my question. This yeah. happens all the time. Oh yeah, it's fine. There are so many questions. But it, was, <laughs> it was really such a powerful training. I remember going to the first 
kind of they call it fundamentals right the introductory thing and I remember thinking wow I'm home this is what who I am this is what I want to do yeah and I, I know what I wanted to ask you now yeah because right. we have to get one step back this is like a pattern I see all the time in the people I talk with it's yeah. also a pattern I saw in myself you were in the garden and you realized is this it yes and you were asking like a question let's say to the universe yes okay how can i change uh, and and how do i know what i have to do so it's like you it's it's like a question you put in the air totally and then you saw the magazine and through the magazine you were and then you get in contact with somebody who knows CTI. Yes. So this is what I call um, divine timing. And, you know, the universe has your back. Yeah. It happened to me exactly the same because it was 2005. I had Christmas holiday. I was tired and I was fed up with my job. And I thought I'm not fulfilling my, I'm not fulfilling my full potential. Yeah. I know it. I knew it, mm -hmm. but I didn't know what it was, you know, and I was, on the internet, which was quite, quite sl slow at that time, looking for uh, somebody who could help me find a different job, a different career. And then I found a career coach, her website, and, she, and there was this book that changed her life. So it was the book, uh, A Year of Your Life, something like that. I bought the book and this was like a self-help book with all kinds of exercises. So this self-help book put me on the path of coaching. And then I had a colleague who an Australian colleague who did coactive coaching in London. And he said, this training will be, will be done in the Netherlands uh, in 2006. So you see, I think I had the same experience as you, like you're fed up with yeah. what you're doing. You know, you're not, uh, like you say, 20% was being used of me. I had the same feeling, you know, I worked very hard, but I didn't feel like I was using my full potential. Totally. Yeah, and it's almost yeah. like you're manifesting something just exactly. in a question, right? You it is. A question, and in that question is, and I really want to, I want to be at 100% of myself, you know. And, and about manifesting, you know, I think we, we all want to manifest all kinds of things in our life, like more clients, more income, a beautiful house, a car, whatever. Yeah, talking about the law of attraction. But what we often forget is that there has to be an emotion in it, a feeling. So I think we both felt really like something has to change. You know, I really feel the urge to change. Yeah. So there was an emotion connected to it and a desire. Absolutely. But if that's not there, it will not manifest. Because then, then our saboteur takes over. Absolutely. The emotion has to be at the center of all of it, I think. Yeah. And also like, a, I don't know, like a, I think a sense of hope too even amongst all the like unclarity at the time of like how do i do this this feeling of hope that there is the next thing and like i think the hope helps with manifesting as well somehow yes and and it's about closing the door yeah because i think that's i i, I remember when i worked with you last year in the summer yeah. you were building your website and, right. and starting your company and uh but you were still working uh in the school and uh, I think we both knew that something had to change there. Totally. So that, that the door had to be closed. So the door, I think, was closed for you. The door was closed for me. I got made redundant. It was like a huge shock to me. And at the time, like crushing. And now I can kind of smile 
because I think it was like this whole universe saying to me, this isn't for you anymore. You're meant to do what you really want to do inside and follow your passion. And mm. so that's what I'm doing. And it, it actually was such a breakthrough moment for me to actually get that possibility of fully owning who I am in my working life and what I truly want to do. So it, yeah, it was, the door was closed on me and, yeah. um, and thank goodness for that. Right. And didn't you regret that you didn't close the door yourself? Um, what I say regret, I guess that I wouldn't have chosen for it to happen that way because it was painful. Um, and yeah, at the time it was quite damaging actually. Um, and at the same time, would I have closed that door myself? Because mm. I had quite a lot of security in having this teaching job full time. You know, I had my income coming in. I, you know, then I was building up my client base, and my coaching outside of that. So there was a bit of a status quo thing. Mm -hmm. So whilst no, I probably would not have chosen for that to happen to me. I think I needed a kick up the bum. And um, I'm grateful for that. Honestly, yeah. it happened for a reason. It was quite a harsh way of it happening. And it was so meant to happen. And I know that deep in my bones. So yeah. I, I feel gratitude um, for what was, what was quite a dramatic uh, turning point for me in my career. Yeah. And where are you now? Now I am just loving what I do. Um, as you said in the intro, I'm taking a lot of my clients out into nature. And, uh, you know, nature is such a great resource because whatever's going on in your inner world, I feel like when you kind of talk about it and then you look outside and you see what nature is reflecting back to you about that, then there are such gifts in that. And I just love the combination that I have in my life of this outdoor spacious natural kind of coaching setup with some absolutely amazing clients um, and then I have a lot of online work where I'm working with clients that find me via my poetry blog um, sometimes I uh, connect with clients on the coaching weekends that I assist at um, and you know then I have these connections a bit like again you were talking about in the beginning which are coming from um, online connection these people that I would never have met in normal life shall we say that, that come to me because of the proximity of the internet find me and then we build up this wonderful coaching relationship so this is a gift i am truly passionate about what i do i love it and i feel like it's a privilege and an honor to guide people in their own personal inner transformation journeys um yeah and i don't know whether i can speak a little bit about the inner leadership program that i'm also on whether that yes i think that's interesting now. why why are you doing this program and what yeah. is it so yeah i'm doing a 10-month program where i get to kind of um unleash my inner leader and bring it to the forefront and yeah i think it's just you know another step in my own personal discovery um and what's really empowering about this process is that I'm with a group of like 20, I think we're 23 other people. So we're all going through our own transformative journeys together, um, sometimes being pushed to our limits um, mm -hmm. emotionally and in, in many different ways, which I can't you know, really reveal here and now. Um, and yeah, learning so much about the power of being with your vulnerability, sharing it, and again, in turn, allowing others to do the same. And I'm learning so much about how powerful it is to be with what's really happening for you, to communicate that 
directly and openly not um, holding back yeah and it's all i mean like if i was to put the whole experience so far i'm not quite finished with it yet but into a phrase it would be full permission permission yeah. to be you to own you to yeah not sugarcoat yourself and show up in the world as your fully empowered self how and that is full of different beautiful colors and parts and yeah that's what would you, yeah what would the world look like if everybody would have would have this sense of full permission yeah and you know what i think sometimes when you speak to that kind of thing like people assume it's like oh you know being really flamboyant and loud and all and all of this and of course that could be part of your full expression but for me like it's actually that whole kind of rainbow of colors that you are your softness your light your strength your vulnerability you know everything that your shadow yeah your shadow right because we all have a shadow um and it the full permission for me is about not confining your personal identity to the things that you think people expect you to show of you and allowing all of your parts to have a place and to have an expression knowing that they they change quite a lot and even throughout one day you can go through different moods different places in yourself and it's all you um and it doesn't need limiting or boxing you know mm. and um you're talking and we're talking about the the full you show your full range uh, it sounds like this is like the real definition of freedom because yeah. uh, when or liberation when you when i was uh, reading your bio you said uh yeah i um i guide passionate souls towards the full expression and liberation is that what you mean by liberation yeah absolutely thank you for picking up on that for me Um, and I believe for my clients, the liberation comes from the freedom to express every part of self and to include every part of self um, and to enjoy every part of self, you know. Um, there's so much permission in that. And I feel like when you get to that point where you can actually include everything, then anything is possible. <laughs> and kind of linking to you know your whole amazing leap of faith movement that for thank me, you when you can take your leap of faith when you know that you are so many things and you fully integrate all of it then faith comes from that right faith comes from the ownership of, of everything inside of you and then i think it's from that place of faith that we can take great leaps, you know, we feel safe to take those leaps. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's, I think, uh, one of the podcasts, I, I did a small podcast about this, the leap of faith yeah. Yeah, that people think they have to take big steps. Yeah. They have to be, that you can only be courageous when you take this very big step, but that's not what it is about. Uh, it's, 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 it's about the faith part and it's not about religion. It's about, for me, it's about deep trust. Totally. It's about taking the first step. I repeat it all the time over and over again, taking the first step and the next step will unfold. Yeah. And last, uh, this week I had the, uh, uh, meditative gathering on zoom, wow. the silence experience. And I did a guided meditation, which was, which was exactly about you know, being in the land of the known, 
We are all like to be in the land of the known. It's comfortable. It's safe. Yeah. We can be lazy. We can be slow. And then there is this, you know, this bridge to the land of the unknown. And, you know, if we feel like, you know, I want to go there, but I don't dare. So what's needed for that to take that step? And that's why I do the leap of faith to yeah. inspire and empower women who are listening to, to inspire them. What are the signs of others who took a leap of faith or more leap of faith? And um, what happens when you take that first step? And what happens when you don't take that step? So how do you feel? Like you being in the garden five years ago, feeling that you were, that only 20% of you was used. So how long do you want to feel that way? Yeah. If you know, if you know you have a passion, a talent, and it doesn't have to be big, but I think everybody has something special to share. And if we don't share that, why are we on this world? Do you know, you really inspired me to take a leap of faith when we worked together. It's just taking me back to some of our sessions where I had all these ideas and my creativity and it was you really that encouraged me. Well, put them out there. You know, you showed me how to use the Instagram stuff and to put my message forth on Instagram, which I've done quite regularly ever since. Um, and some of the advice you gave me was fantastic. I remember about like, I wanted to make some videos and was feeling a bit shy about putting videos out. And, you know, you said to me, look, people just want to see the real you, the expression of you. They're not interested in seeing you glammed up, looking slick and glossy. <laughs> they just want to be able to relate, you know? And that kind of acceptance that you put forth in the way that you communicated that to me actually gave me the confidence. Yeah, I'm just going to put myself out there as I am. Um, and so that was at the time quite a leap of faith for me. So you really, you know, definitely walk the walk, Marion. Oh, thank you. And I think you are much more on video than I am. <laughs> <laughs> so These days, yeah. There's no stopping me now. <laughs> um, I have a small quiz for you because Ooh. I think people, people now uh, know a little bit about you, about your leap of faith. And, uh, yeah. And in the end, there will be a surprise because as a poetry blogger, I want you to recite a poem uh -huh. you, 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 you wrote before. And it, it is about leap of faith. And I think, you know, this is really you. So I really want people to hear this. And they can also, I think it's on your Instagram account somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if they want to see you, <laughs> there are a lot of videos on Instagram. <laughs> and Too it's many. It's called uh, Coaching Creatively, right? That's right. Yeah, just hashtag Coaching Creatively. Yeah, okay. Uh, so a small quiz. Um, serving right. others or fill your cup first? Serving others. Tell me more. I am an altruistic soul. My father was. And um, I found it hard to decide between those two as in some ways you cannot serve others until you've filled your own cup first. I get that. And so I answered it from my heart and still my heart says serve others because that's what's in it. So yeah. it was a head, it was a head response actually. Um, Is yeah. it a head? Okay. Is it a head response or a heart response? Oh, sorry, it's a heart response. That. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The head, the head would have probably said the other. So, so you're, by serving others, you are filling your cup. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's it. <laughs> totally. Okay. 
great, great. Um, being productive or allowing? Allowing. And if you'd asked me that same question six months ago, I would have said exactly the opposite. Oh. I am a natural uh, productive person. And sometimes in the past, this has been at the expense of the allowing. And so now I'm in this period in my life where the allowing feels way more intuitive and important. And I realized that's the part that actually nurtures my creativity. Um, and I hear my voice softer as I'm talking about this. So it maybe allows my softness, which is yeah. also a big part of who I am. And, and you said, so like six months ago, uh, I would have said the opposite. So yeah. being productive. But was being productive effective for you? In my previous workplace, it made me efficient. And as I say the word efficient, I kind of hate it. Oh, me too. <laughs> efficient is just such a dry word, right? Mm. Um, and, it, and there was value attached to it because it was a busy job where, you know, I got things done and people could rely on me. So, yeah, I mean, I was a, a very um, reliable cog in the system um and wow i'm so much more than that <laughs> and so in in the allowing in choosing allowing i embrace me the whole me so it goes back to the whole thing of not being at 20 percent, but being at you know 80 percent, going on 100 um the allowing is what allows me to <laughs> allows <laughs> to allows the allowing is what brings me closer to the 100 yeah, and, and how would you know that you are at 100? <laughs> um, so this is a feeling in my body, I think, of complete integration, of um, feeling every part and every extremity in my body as the wholeness that I am, whilst being deeply connected to the divine light that's in me and all of us. Um, and unapologetically so. Mm. Yeah. I like that word, unapologetic. Okay, the last one of the quiz. I think this, this is a difficult one. Poetry blogger or creative leadership coach? Oh, do I get like a little second to reflect on that one? That's <laughs> difficult. I like the quiz though, this is fun. Um, oh, I would have to go for creative leadership coach as that for me feels like the poetry bloggers in that already as i feel like i'm leading from that place whilst being a blogger beautiful it sounds like it's more expanded yes it's more expanded and i feel like it's like i feel like my poetry blogging I mean, it definitely does serve others because i get quite a lot of feedback as to how it helps them to connect with their own emotions and stuff like that um, and I feel like the creative leadership is serving on another level altogether. So, yeah, it's a fusion. Beautiful. And um, what is one thing that you don't dare to do yet, but you are planning to? Wow. Okay, so <laughs> this is a little bit embarrassing, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, well, you know what? I've always like thought I'd be quite a good rapper. Rapper. I'm really too old and really not cool enough to be a rapper. That's for Who sure. says? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> See those self-limiting beliefs? And, you know, why not? 
I mean, like, I love language. I love the syncopation of words. Um, I'm a poet anyway, so I, I make things rhyme pretty easily. And, yes, you uh, do. You know, why not? I, what, would I, it, what would it bring you when you would be a rapper? Well, I feel, you know, what comes to me <laughs> is that I feel like, um, you know, I'm not a particularly angry person, but I feel like um, women and anger, they have, we sometimes have difficulty in expressing anger. So you can curse more. And so, yeah, I can, I can curse, I can get a bit of the rage out and in a, in a way that's kind of like fun at the same time, you know? Yeah. But um, I, I have like, a, like an in-between proposal because maybe rap, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to your first rap, but why not write a poetry in a rap style where you're cursing, you know, all over the place and yeah. you warn people in advance? Yeah. <laughs> or would I it like be published that. on Instagram? Maybe oh it wouldn't gosh. be published. Oh my gosh. Okay. So that sounds like a challenge, Marianne. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we have to explore where the boundaries are because Absolutely. we are putting so much boundaries on ourselves by, you know, I'm not, you know, cool enough. I'm yeah, too old. Totally. Uh, I'm not the type, you know, I'm not from the street. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But that's just it. Like, you know, and I think that's what the part about why I haven't dared to do it up until now. And I'm open and curious and why not? So I'm going to accept your challenge and sometime between now and the next time we speak, I will pen a rap and share it on Instagram. Great. And I will reshare it if you share it. Okay. Thank you. Thank so you. people, Thank people you. who are following my, my Instagram account, Leap of Faith account, they will see it. Thank you. Okay. I think uh, it's almost a full hour. Yeah. And, um, Two more things. One yes. is the question, what is your number one leap of faith tip to the listeners? And the next one is, I would love to hear your uh, reciting the leap of faith yeah. poet, poem. So my number one tip for listeners about leap of faith is trust your creative resourcefulness. When we say yes, the universe says yes. And this energy comes in self, which is all powerful and allows us to create what we need in order for the circumstances to change and align. And when we trust into that creative process in ourselves, and I believe that fundamentally we're all creative, anything's possible. And as I say that, I feel like this tingling again in my toes and like this excitement, for, you know, to speak of that place. Mm. Of course, we never know what life's going to throw us. And with this trust, there is so much potential for us out there. That's my tip. So beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. So now it's time for the poem. Yes. So very aptly, my poem is called Leap of Faith. And I have to say, I wrote this before I even knew, Marianne, about your Leap of Faith uh, project. So it shows you how in sync we are. Mm, beautiful. Leap of Faith. I plunge into the open, each inch of me alive, propelled by heart and hoping. This is my soul's skydive, reacting, not deflecting, impactful and immense. There's nothing worth protecting where logic makes no sense. This moment is my mission 
I stretch out to the max. My parachute's permission. I burst out through the cracks. There's wonderment around me. I span the endless sky. The rightfulness dumbfounds me. At height, there is no I. Expanded and empowered by love and life and grace. My confidence a tower. This is my leap of faith. It's wonderful, Sam. It's so beautiful. The way, you know, I, I wanted the listeners to hear you. The way you speak is already with a lot of uh, sensitivity and trembling of your voice. So there's a lot of range. But when you're reciting your own poetry, it's so beautiful. And I really wanted to share this with the, with the people. Thank so thank you for being here on this uh, podcast show. And it was really a big pleasure and uh, I look forward to hear about your next step as a rapper. <laughs> Thank you so much. You've ins you inspire me all the time. I just love talking with you. Every time we have a conversation, I get an idea and I write. And that's the impact that you have on me, Marianne. Um, oh, thank you. So lovely what you're saying. <laughs>